Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Guidance is internal. Ignition sequence starts. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Permission to board. Permission to come aboard. Permission to board. Permission to bring me aboard. Permission to come aboard. Welcome to the Permission Granted Podcast. Here's DA. All right, welcome inside the freshest Permission Granted Podcast, everybody. This is the show within the show. This is all off of the air goodness. And you can subscribe to this podcast in a different way than the normal podcast. The normal podcast is the show. This is the PGP, which is available on iTunes. Just simply go to iTunes and search the DA show. Or no, you know what? Search Permission Granted Podcast. You'll find it there. It's on the normal DA Show's uh, iTunes feed as well. This is always available also on both Facebook and on Twitter, facebook.com slash the DA Show, and on Twitter, DA on CBS. Mraz and Berman will break down the much-anticipated NHL playoffs. <laughs> no, actually, I actually uh, think it might be much-anticipated this year. Uh, so they'll do this coming up here. Moraes will join me uh, coming up here as well. But this is also a podcast where we like to uh, chat not only sports, but other things as well, including to directors and comedians and actors in this case. There is a brand new NBC series that is out called Heartbeat. And joining us from that show is one of the actors from NBC's Heartbeat that would be Jay Lewis Mills, who has a very interesting kind of sports background story that we can talk about here. Jay Lewis Mills, how are you, man? How are you doing, man? Thank you very kindly for having me. My pleasure. Thanks so much for joining us. This is a brand new series in NBC, so why don't you give us our, our listeners a little nugget into uh, what it's going to be all about. Basically, our show is about the life and achievements of Chief Thoracic Surgeon Dr. Kathy Magliato. She wrote a book back in 2006 called um, Heart Matters, and our show is loosely based off of her book, her life, and her achievements. So every person that you see, every character that you see on our show is based off of a real person. Our characters weren't derived or weren't created in a writing room somewhere. We're actually telling the story of real people in real situations. And so what role will you be playing in Heartbeat? Well, I play the perfusionist. His name is Forrester Marcus. The perfusionist basically is the person, if you go in for any kind of a surgical procedure and your heart is stopped, um, your blood has to flow through something in order to keep going through your body. So you're hooked up to what's called a heart-lung machine. And basically the perfusionist keeps you alive by maintaining all of your stats and all of your vitals through that machine. Looks like you guys got a good cast going on. I see that D.L. Hughley has been in it for at least six episodes. A number of other actors that are very good. Melissa George, Rudy Martinez. Looks like a good cast you guys got. 
Yes, um, it's kind of cool because I'm kind of the low man on the totem pole. Everybody that I'm working with has a couple of series or some pretty cool films underneath their belt. So for me, it's just cool for being the new guy on the block to come in and just be embraced and accepted into the family so much by so many great actors. Now, just reading through your bio, I did not realize this, but you got you specifically had some health issues once you turned what age twelve or so, thirteen or so. How did you? Uh, how how was that diagnosed, and how did you make your way through that? Well, when I was a younger kid, I had a problem with um, stuttering as well as I had a blood disease, a rare blood disease called Kawasaki syndrome. Um, as well as I had um, seizures. I didn't, I grew out of that around ages 12 or 13, but when I was a kid, I spent, I spent so much time in the hospital, the, the nurses on the, the children's floor knew me, knew me and my family members on a first-name basis. That's incredible. And so what did that do in terms of development for you as a young guy growing up, as a young child growing up? What does that do in terms of a, a personality development and how you grow as a person? Well, you know, it kind of it, it, it kind of opens you up to a lot of different people in a lot of different situations. I was, you know, my dad was a former football player with the Buffalo Bills and the Chicago Bears. So I, I, I've always been, and I was always an athletic kid. It's just with my sickness, I wasn't able to, uh, I wasn't able to participate in athletics until high school. So before then, you know, I'm, I'm the kid hanging out on the sidelines, talking to the cheerleaders or talking to the coaches or, you know, talking to the parents with it for going to like my football games or something. So. I was I was more of a when I was a kid I was more of a cheerleader, um, so it it, it kind of opened me up socially and it me be introduced better to people socially. You had eye surgery as well, in which case you lost uh, eyesight in one eye, and that has caused you to to use an eye patch and. And you kind of have noted that it was one of those things that was, I'm sure, hard to get used to in terms of the attention that you got on the streets or in public. And so how did your kind of development as a young child, as you mentioned, trying to be open and trying to kind of be social with people, how did that kind of tie into dealing with the eye patch and the surgery? Well, it, 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 it took a while for those worlds to kind of be introduced to each other. It, it when I first started wearing my eye patch, you know, I was getting I was getting adults that were walking into trees or light poles because they were looking at me, and I was taking that offensively. I was taking that personally, as if I was being treated like, you know, some oddity. I I, I didn't I didn't take it as like a compliment of you know me me my look becoming more of a presence for me. So it, it wasn't until I got around some friends and some other people in the acting world that, you know, told me just how good my look was that I started to embrace it. So um, if I, I guess if I could say anything, I, I would say just, just the fact that I was pretty socially balanced when I was a kid, it really kind of helped me see the other side of the perspective. Jay Lewis Mills joins us from the new NBC series Heartbeat. He joins us here on the DA show on CBS Sports Radio. 
So as you mentioned, what an interesting background that your father had actually played for Lou Saban or was a rookie football player with Lou Saban. That's, of course, Nick Saban's father back when Lou was a head coach in the NFL. What are some of the stories that you remember from your dad as he's going through the NFL of the 70s? Well, the the one story that I remember more is my dad was originally drafted by Lou Saban, as you said, when Lou, when Mr. Saban was a uh, coach for the Denver Broncos. Well, before the season started, Coach Saban had moved from the Broncos to the Buffalo Bills, and he ended up trading for my dad. You know, he drafted my dad, and he believed in my dad. So he brought my dad to Buffalo. And, you know, there were a lot of people that didn't believe in me in this town. And, you know, I finally found somebody that believed in me, and they, you know, brought me to the big dance, so to speak, like Coach Saban did for my dad. So, you know, I, I, I kind of try. I lost my dad in um, April of 2015 or May of 2015. So it's, it's kind of comforting that in, in that kind of a way I can kind of put a tie in to my success with the bit of success my dad had in the NFL. What I love also is that you are very proud of the eye patch. You use it as a signature. And, I mean, you can really accessorize very well with this. You know, you've got a couple of different looks with the eye patch. So can you shop for multiple ones? Like, how does that go? Well, I'm currently in talks right now, and I'm trying to develop a line of eye patches. But I I would like to exactly do that exact thing. I would like to better accessorized you know there's there's times where myself as well as other people that wear eye patches you know we go to you know pretty prestigious type events and to show up with an eye patch on that you pick up at a CVS somewhere it it, 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 it just kind of mentally isn't really too becoming so right now I'm in the works uh, to try and develop my own line of eye patches designer as well as regular every day, just to give more of an option, just to give more of an accessory to the iPad. That's outstanding. That is very, very cool. The new show is Heartbeat at NBC. Now, this airs Wednesday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central. You can also follow it on Twitter, at NBC Heartbeat, and the website is NBC.com slash Heartbeat. For more information and clips and episodes of the show, that's NBC.com slash Heartbeat. Jay Lewis Mills joining us here on the show. Well, this was very, very cool, my man. Thank you so much for joining us, and good luck with Heartbeat. Hopefully we can catch up again as you guys continue to succeed. Thank you very kindly for having me, sir. I look forward to coming back and sharing more of my great events with you. All right, thanks to Jay Lewis Mills from Heartbeat on NBC for joining us here on the show. Mraz joins me now. Mraz, what's the best thing you ate over the weekend? Wow, came out swinging there, yeah. huh? Yeah. You know, there's probably, oh boy, I'm going through the rigors. I had a lot of good stuff. Okay, I had for lunch on Sunday uh, an everything bagel that was made into garlic bread. The garlic bread on the bagel. Okay. With uh, chicken cutlet, Munster, bacon, and a little bit of ranch dressing. Oh, that sounds delicious. That was my lunch with a little side macaroni salad from a bagel store uh, up the block. Ooh, so they do that for you. 
Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. They have like all these lunch specials at this one bagel spot oh, my sister's my, found. Oh my! I played a football game in the morning. By the time I got home, it was like eleven thirty. I wasn't really in a breakfast kind of mood. Mm-hmm. I said I'm looking for a little lunch, so I went that route. I went. I said I'm going to get a bagel, but I'm going to get lunch on the bagel. Ooh, gosh, that's a great that's a great breakfast sandwich slash lunch sandwich. Very filling. It was my brunch, so to speak. Um, huh, that's a good one. I I had two really good meals over the weekend. But before you continue, I love that. This is where we come out in the crossover. All right, it's right out of the weekend. What'd you eat, slob? <laughs> <laughs> well, I realize that uh, I do have a slight fascination with food. Who doesn't? Yeah, I mean, I mean most people do, but I, I really like dissecting it. Okay. I really like breaking it down. Let's like break it, it down. What else like you got for me? Um... I had dim sum on Saturday. You right. Know, you, I, I invited you to dim sum. You were covering the Rangers game. Uh, me and my buddies went to go uh, have dim sum, and dim sum is kind of like a, a bit of a New York tradition type thing because it's basically Chinese brunch, and that's when they bring out just uh, carts uh, or their own menu of special menu of dumplings. Oh, so there's man. all different types of dumplings, and you, you it's like family style, so you share, so you buy it. You get a platter of this, you order a platter of that. So to do the dim sum, but you also get like, you know, kind of shrimp on the side, or you can get uh, pork rolls, oh. which are like the doughy doughy rolls with chopped pork in the middle. Get starving already now <laughs> as we talk about this. Uh, so I did dim sum, and I had not done dim sum in a couple of years. Absolutely delicious. What Now, how long you got to sit at that table? Does it get to a certain point where they're not going to cart stuff out for you? or You sit there forever. Oh man! That's what that. So it's really like brunch. People just kind of sit and chill for a long time. I wanted to go and uh, take the guys to uh, Chinatown because I mean, epic dim sum. Right. I'm curious because when you originally told me you said we're going down to Chinatown, then when you texted me the address, it was like, well, what are we going doing here? Saturday's weather was crap, and right. at all the places in Chinatown, they don't take reservations, so you got to put in your name and then wait. And I'm like, I don't think we want to wait an hour on the street. Right. In the middle of freezing cold rain. So I said, let's find a place that we can get a reservation in. So we went to the place in Midtown, which ended up being pretty good. But we sat there for maybe two and a half hours. Oh, wow. Just plowing through dumplings. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Yeah. So had I made it, I'm sure there would have been some pictures of me pumping through dumplings. No doubt. I mean, and you can get like a million different things. There's there's the soups. There's the dumplings. There's the the, uh, like filleted shrimp. There's the pork. A bun, so something we should do because I, I mean, you in a buffet situation is pretty epic. Where they just keep bringing you food. That's incredible. That is, you know what? I had gone out for the Islander game after that. I went out. I should have brought this up about food. Now that we're bringing up food, I can't believe I forgot something crazy that I tried after the Islander game. It ended Saturday night. Okay. Danielle picked me up. She was out. I was out. My sisters had come into the Ranger game. They had tickets. We went out with a couple of their friends. We were having drinks, and Danielle picked me up and said. I'm hungry. I haven't had dinner. Now, at this point, I lied to her. I told her I didn't eat it. Croxy's when I was pounding wings. So we, And you had eaten at the Ranger game yeah, as well. Yeah, I had two hot dogs, a pretzel, and cheesecake brownie squares. So you had lied to Danielle that you had missed two meals. You well, had, she knew I over. ate at the garden, oh, okay. but I, I, I act like I didn't eat dinner. She was starving at like 9.30 at night. Okay. Game ends. We're going to go out. Yeah. I said, okay, there's this place that opened by. It's called Local Burger. And it's supposed to be like all local fed, all local beers oh, and all that stuff. But they have a bunch of crazy burgers on the menu. Uh-huh. Okay, so speaking of your dim sum, broccoli, all this, I tried a burger with peanut butter on it. Interesting, you bring this up because in Kansas City, outside of Kansas City, in Sedalia, Kansas, or Sedalia, Missouri, I guess it's Sedalia, Missouri, uh, they have something called a Goober Burger. Oh, and boy. I never stop because it's 
on the way when you go from Kansas City to the University of Missouri. And so I used to cover and go to a lot of games, but it's like 45 minutes off the beaten trail, so I never went there. But the famous Goober Burger has peanut butter on it. That's the signature. That's crazy. See, I'd never heard this. So I was kind of in a mood, to be honest. I'm not going to lie, I had a couple drinks in me. I'm like, ah, well, loosey-goosey. I'd had a good day. Yeah. I saw this on the menu. I said, let me try this. Okay. Let, me, let me have this. Okay. I got to tell you. Pretty freaking good. Is that right? And I, as soon as it came, I'm like, what was I thinking? What was I thinking? You idiot, you idiot, you idiot. And yeah. I bit into it. It didn't overpower you with the peanut butter, but it added like a smooth gooiness to... Interesting. The, it was just, you wouldn't believe the, the combo of taste. And I can't compare it to anything because it's something so uncomparable. But a little bit of peanut... And again, they didn't kill it. It wasn't like they you know took two ice cream scoops of peanut butter on it. Yeah. It was a nice, smooth coating, uh, replacing the cheese, if you will, on a burger... Boy, it was scrum diddly umptious. I'm trying to think how that... Uh, and literally, as we're talking, my stomach is now starting to growl. I have a sick problem. I'm wondering how that compares. Like, So, instead of the cheese, I guess peanut butter does have like a consistency that when it's hot... Yes. It's like... Um, like you can eat it on the like ice viscous. cream. Yes. Kind of like a melted cheese. A melted cheese. That's what it kind of was like, that so a little, little layer. A oil- little oily. Yes. Uh, the peanuts itself is a nut. I don't think you ever have a nut on meat. No, That's but... That's a weird thing. But if you really start really breaking it down, a, a peanut can give you a little bit of a crunch, right? And people like sometimes put potato chips or pickle chips on a burger. You That's go, true. You go crunch, crunch, goo. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you. I, I, crunch, I, crunch, goo. I probably, my normal state, and I am a fat slob, we get it, I don't like using the F word... Would never have ordered that had I not already had a couple cocktails. And by the way, didn't really care if my dinner sucked because, again, I already plowed through the wings. <laughs> I was all in and loved it, man. Okay. Loved right. it. Okay. I was in the mix. All right. Very good. Uh, transitioning over to hockey since you were at this game. Yes. Around here in New York, newsroom is now buzzing. The hockey fans are out because the playoffs are here and the Rangers and the Islanders are in the playoffs. Right. It's a big deal here in New York. Big deal here in New York. But I, I like to gauge things from outside New York mm-hmm. since we're on 170-some-odd radio stations. Um, in terms of the national scope of things, I know the Blackhawks are a little down this year. Right, but people are still very much buying into them making a run again. Okay. Uh, Penguins are up. That's a good thing for American hockey fan. Yes, Penguins S- are- Sidney Crosby's gotten red hot wi- and got red hot after Evgeny Malkin went down. So it just really puts the onus on how great Sidney Crosby is. And there were some question marks coming into the season about whether he was truly a great player or maybe he had already peaked. Has really proven it. Ovechkin on the up is a very good thing for compelling storylines because he's never gotten to a conference final, right? Right, and I would say this is probably the biggest storyline heading into the postseason is that this seems to be the best capital team that Ovechkin's ever been on. Barry Mm. Trotz has come in, changed the whole system, and all eyes are on them. They're expected to get to the cup out of the East, and if they don't, it's a colossal failure. And if they don't, it's really going to be come down on Ovechkin's shoulders. People are going to say that he's the choke artist. He's the failure. Yeah, I was going to say because they were the one seed back in the high-flying offensive days uh, a number of years ago, probably five or six years ago now, and they collapsed early. Yeah, I think they blew a. Th- I think they blew a three-zero lead. One of the teams that blew the three-zero lead. No, might have yeah. been to the Bruins. Uh yeah, maybe. I could be thinking about that wrong, but... But they were the one seed under a different style with Ovechkin when yes. he was a 50-goal scorer. Yes. Now they're a one seed with a defensive style. Right. So if they fail again, then you're going to put it on Ovechkin that he just simply can't do it. 100%. And they brought winners in on the roster around him. So who would be um, an Ovechkin comp? What would be a good other athlete? 
like the guy that always has the one seed but flames out. I mean, I guess you would say Peyton Manning, but he ended up winning a Super Bowl. Two of them. Boy, that's a good question. And he got to two others. It'd be somebody that like for a while I would have said A Rod in baseball before two thousand nine. Right. When he finally won one. Right. But uh, was he ever on the best team? I don't think he was ever on the best team. Because I mean, he, he the two thousand four Yankees were pretty good. Yeah, right. 95 Mariners are really good. He wasn't on that team, I don't think. Yeah, he was. I think he was like a, a call-up. He was like 18 years old. He was 18 in 94. I'm telling you, he started third base, 95 Mariners. I've watched that that series. They beat the Yankees wow, over so and over again. Wow, so he was their starting first baseman in 95? Shortstop. So, rather, yes. shorting. Yeah, but they weren't the one seed that year. No, they were freaking good. They but went that, to was the, their, that was the wild card year. Yeah, they that weren't the, the wild card. They won the division, and they went to the ALCS and lost to Cleveland. The one... Was there one game playoff? What's the game against no, no, the Yankees? No, that was just a best of five wild card round. But they were that the, was game five. Yeah, the Yankees were the they beat the Yankees. The Yankees were the wild right, card. Right. Yes. Okay. So they won a division. Gotcha. I, I'm just saying, A Rod okay. was another guy like that. Uh, basketball wise, um, Carmelo's never been the number one. Chris Paul, no. Mm-mm. Football wise, I mean, you want to say the weren't the, were the Bulls ever the number one or the Marino? Uh, they might have been the one once. Marino never Marino. won. I mean, they made but again, it, but never won. I mean, it's it, that's what's interesting. There kind of is no comp here. He's been on the best team now twice. Yes. May, maybe more than that. I don't remember if there were other captions of the one seed. But has just basically never been able to do anything in the playoffs. No, exactly. Always get bounced. And a team they get bounced by frequently. The Rangers beat them every year in the playoffs. And if the Rangers got past the Penguins, would face them in the second round, which would be epic. Right, so there's compelling storylines in the East. I mean, the Florida Panthers are quirky and weird with Kevin Spaceyhead and Yarmir Yager and Luongo. Right. All that. So there's there's some compelling things there. So how should we approach this uh, for the show? Should we do Frozen Freakout like we've done the last couple of years? I think we have to because even if you're not watching the games, the calls, if you're into listening to the radio, and into, are, interesting. The, are interesting. They go crazy. Uh, every different announcer is in the. I think the Frozen Freakout is the way to go, totally. Because, you know, we've done a lot of other stuff. On the overnight, we were on a lot of big ho- hockey markets. And when we right. handed out those awards and stuff, people could relate to the players and knew what we were talking about. The Frozen Freakout, I think, can relate to anybody, even if you're not into watching the game. Because it's just interesting audio. Yeah, 100%. That's the way I look at it. Was Those those are always overtime game winners? We always went with the overtime game winners. Yeah. Yep. Because uh, those are walk-offs, you know, essentially. Right. Right. You're looking right. for the walk-off call. Yeah, so we should do that. And now we've got the NBA playoffs here as well. We're juiced up here. The regular season ends on Wednesday, I believe, for yep. the NBA. We get, going the, sat- we get going next weekend, Saturday, Sunday. And that's actually the day the NHL playoffs begin. I always felt like it was a week apart, and now it's going to be like three days apart. I always thought that way, too. That the, I felt like in past years, and maybe I'm wrong for thinking this, the NHL had that first weekend of their playoffs yeah. before the NBA playoffs got going. I don't know how it ended up working out that way this year, but it did. Unless the NBA is a week ahead because of the Summer Olympics this year and they kind of want to give people time. I didn't really think hmm. that through. I don't know. They could have condensed it a little more. I, I really don't know. I'd have to look into that. Um, and then in the NBA, fairly compelling storylines, but, I mean... Warrior Spurs just feels like it's a slam dunk. That's what you're waiting for. Unless the Thunder can rain on the parade and beat the Spurs in the second round. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of the... And I guess if the Cavs can be knocked off. Right. Which they probably can, but I don't know if they will be. Right. I mean, and who's going to do that? The Raptors are going to do it. The Celtics. The, the Hornets. Hawks. I mean... Yeah. I, I, not, I, don't, I can't get you stuff for the Eastern Conference playoffs in the East. 
Can't. I can't. I mean, you, you'll watch the Thunder Spurs and Warrior series. It'll be interesting if the Cavs have their backs against the wall. Yes. If the Cavs find But again, you won't be jumped in game one, pumped no. up for it. You got to get to that point, but that's when you're going to sit down and tune in. Right, because you're gonna you'll be you'll be all in and everybody will watch if the Cavs are trailing two games to one against the Celtics of the second round or something like totally. that. Totally. That's when you buy in. Absolutely. Or the Hawks or the Raptors in the Eastern Finals or something like that. But the first or round the of the Heat. M- first round of the NBA playoffs, you're gonna be really jacked up for game ones. No, no, and, and so there's kind of the give and take of the NHL versus the NBA playoffs. In the NHL, the one eight matchup, I guess we don't really do that anymore, but Essentially, you have the best team playing the last wild card. It's Capitals Flyers this year and uh, Ducks, Ducks Predators. Oh, um, but that can be an upset. I mean, we've seen eight seeds go to the NHL Finals. Totally. In the NBA, the eight almost never beats the one. When it happens, it's like the most colossal choke job of all time, and it's happened like I think three times ever. Right. So you kind of like whatever the ones and the twos always move on, and then you have a little bit of drama with the three six and the four five. And then you get to the second round, and, and the good thing is in the NBA, almost always the best team wins the NBA Finals. Right. You can count on if you're the best team, you will likely be in the NBA Finals or have come pretty close. In the NHL, crapshoot, you could be the best team all season long and then flame out in five games. And it doesn't matter, 100%. And once that tournament starts, the tournament, as they call it. Do you say tournament instead I, of tournament? I, I say tournament, but I see a lot of people complaining that people call it a tournament. I think tournament is a very Northeast thing. I think that's a New York Philly thing. Maybe and a tournament little... is everywhere else. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, see, I, think... I thought. Okay, never mind. Tournament. I think tournament is. Uh... But do you say the PGA Tour or the PGA Tour? <laughs> right. No, you definitely say PGA Tour. That's right. That's that's a good way to uh, to put think it. about it. But. Yeah, no, tournament, I think, is the much more uh, um, approved pronunciation. Well, we have a couple good tournaments coming up here. Um, and then how about do you take a route or a route? Like, is it route nine or is it I route s- nine? I say route, but then when I say a receiver's running a route, you know? <laughs> right. Right. I think it's, I think the pronounce, the correct pronunciation is route. Route. Route? Right. Ra- no, I'm screwed up. I don't know. Is it road or router? Roto-Rooter. Roto-Rooter, but that's not spelled like... Roto-Router. Router. A router is like your computer router. Your internet router. Yeah, but I think it's... root. No, no. I think most of the world says route. I think most of the world says route. Red Sox, and we say root. Red Sox winning a game 10-1. Do you say they're winning, winning it in a route or winning it in a route? <laughs> in a route. But that's also not spelled the correct way because that doesn't have an E at the end. Ah, spelling schmelling. Uh, also... Here in New York, we say <clears throat> if you're waiting uh, for a uh, a bunch of people ahead of you to get your delicious uh, chicken cutlet bagel, yes, you're. We say you're waiting online. Others say waiting in line. Yes, waiting online is a very specifically northeastern thing. The rest of the world says waiting in, in a line. line because you know they what? say you're not on a line, you're in the line. Technically, you're on and in the line, so I'm fine with either. Are you on a line? Technically, you're on a line. Like if you look, like I'm on. I'm standing here. Uh-huh. I'm standing on the floor, which is in a line. You're holding a line. Yes. You're on a line. I don't care. You want to say in or on? I'm fine with both because I think both are technically correct. People get very upset at Northeasterners for saying standing online, though, because it's like, well, what are you, logged on the computer? Yeah, people need to calm down. I think that's what we realize. <laughs> that's probably true. All right, so you got uh, Berman coming up here, huh? Yes, we do.
Better better Berm's in a good mood for the NHL playoffs. We'll break it down. Yeah, Berman's been in a better mood. He has been. He has been. I think it's probably something that the dude's got weekends off, relax. Uh-huh. By the way, he had a master's party with him and Kenny Brock over the weekend. Just the two of them? Just the two of them Very drinking romantic. drinking PBRs and eating tor- tortilla chips watching golf all weekend. I mean, you talk about the last place I'd rather be. You were having dim sum. <laughs> I was having chicken cutlets. And these two idiots were holding each other's hair watching golf. <laughs> I mean, get lost. <laughs> We didn't talk about Joey Waller, though, breaking bad news with Waller on Friday. We didn't. I thought that was excellent. I I think it was the best one yet. Uh, the first one had me cracking up. Was it the house with... Uh, Nerlens Noel. Nerlens Noel. No, well, the first one was Kyle Schwarber's leg. Oh, that's right. That's right. His leg got ripped apart. And the picture I took, I think, was great. A Waller just smiling, put the headphones on. He's starting to get into it. Waller is owning the moment. Yeah. Like, he comes in here flexing. Yeah. And by the way, I think he's in Friday. He's not going to be happy to know that you're filling in for Tug. Oh, when he, yeah. He's going to come in, basically patting his belly, ready to go, and <laughs> have to find out it's Chris Moore hosting. How uh, frequently do you think we can do Breaking Bad News with Joey Waller before it uh, gets overdone? Because I don't want to overdo it. No, I think if you do it twice a month. Okay. I think that's fair. So if we did this Friday, it might be a little bit too much back-to-back weeks. Right, but if by the time we do another Friday with him, yeah. I think, and I think it's a great Friday bit because he's in a lot of Fridays. Yeah. It's the quirkiness and the goofiness heading yeah. into the weekend. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think Waller uh, has really found a role here on the show. He's owning the moment. He, and that's all you can ask for out of a man. Just own the moment. And he owns the moment very well. <laughs> you can check out uh, the most recent edition of Breaking Bad News with Joey Waller via our podcast. Uh, also, it's available. I think just that clip is available. I posted on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash the DA show. All right. We got side B right now. Alrighty, welcome into side B of the Permission Granted podcast. And for the hockey fans out there that maybe feel like we don't talk enough hockey on the show, this side B is for you. As the NHL playoffs are be, uh, upon us, they begin this week. And who better to bring in with me here on side B and talk about the NHL playoffs than James Ward? No, I'm just kidding. James Ward was locked into the NBA all year. Joe D'Aloisio, nope. Joe D'Aloisio was locked into Hoochie Mamas all year. Jay Berman. He's back for the second time in three weeks. I cannot believe we're going back to the well with Berman here, who claims he's a starter, not a bench guy. But Berms is a hockey nut like myself, so I welcome him in here to side B. Berms, what's up? To be in the presence of the guy known as Mr. Hockey is overwhelming. I'm a little choked up. I'm emotional, but I'm happy. Well, thank you, Jay. Well, let's get right to it here. The bracket, quote-unquote, is set, which I think, uh, before we get into the games, we can ultimately say quickly, it's just ridiculous. I know this is a couple years into it now. But it really reared its head this year when you have the Red Wings and Lightning playing each other and would normally be a six versus eight, which would never happen in the first round of a playoff. And the whole concept of having a bracket to have rivalry games first and then hoping that like March Madness, a bunch of offices are going to fill out brackets. To me, it's just nonsense. It makes no sense. But more importantly, from my perspective, I would love to know. And what's interesting is that Gary Bettman was actually in studios today here at 345 Hudson. But right. Besides the point, I would love to know the reasoning, because I don't really ever remember hearing one, but the reasoning behind uh, this new playoff format that is, as you said, silly, um, again, void of an explanation, and just flat-out dumb. I think it's dumb, and I I think I know their line of thinking in that hockey, let's face it, is the fourth of the four major sports, and I think to try to generate buzz... From alternate parties, who doesn't love a good bracket as we see with March Madness, which I think is stupid when it comes to these these playoffs where you have eight teams per conference making it because you might as well just reseed after every round. 
But that ability to fill out a bracket, I think, is something they were hoping would catch on. I don't think it really has. And really to get rivalry, you know, like you don't see enough of these rivalry games all season, but to get the rivalries going in the first round, um, you know, like you get Rangers-Penguins again this year, Capitals-Flyers, uh, Blackhawks-Blues, that's that's what they're going for. Yeah, I mean, that's what they want. They want divisional rounds in the first round, essentially. They want matchups of two similar division teams. That's what they want. But here's the problem. You're only guaranteeing on each side of the bracket – Two of those. Right. You know, because one, of the wild cards. Right. One in each division. Like there's an Atlantic bracket, there's a Metro bracket. So, and since there's three teams in each division that automatically make the playoffs, that's an odd number of teams. So you're only guaranteeing two in each conference. The right. The top two teams, or actually it's the second and the third place teams. But if you want to sort of reintroduce rivalries into the playoffs, the, you're only guaranteeing two. When it's one through eight, you were almost getting one or two anyways. It, it, it's very silly. It's nonsense. But it is what it is, and here we are. And I love this time of year. I know you do. How can you of not? Of course. Uh, look, it's so much better when the team you pull for is in it. Right. But um, I, I liken Ranger playoff hockey, for, and I'm not a Ranger fan. In fact, I hate them a lot. Mm-hmm. But I liken Ranger playoff hockey to what the Yankees-Red Sox was in the early 2000s. Didn't root for either of those teams. In fact, you know how I feel about the Yankees. Right. Deep hate for them. But those series, plural, were so unforgettably epic, and I feel the same way about Rangers playoff hockey in the last, you know, five to seven years. Every series goes seven. Every series has two or three games that go to overtime. Right. And almost every single one features the Rangers pulling it out. Right. I absolutely, unequivocally can believe and pronounce to you that if you put a gun to my head and made me choose one series of all of them that was guaranteed to go seven, it would be Penguins Rangers. So let's start there when talking about this. I, I totally agree. The Rangers go seven with everybody, and the Rangers Penguins have met the last two years in the playoffs. Two years ago, en route to their trip to the Stanley Cup, the there's Rangers- a large caveat though to this, and I'll tell you exactly what it is. And Ranger fans, and rightfully so, stick to to the fact and love the fact that Henrik is unstoppable in Game Sevens. But let's be fair. Every single time in Game Sevens, he was by far the best goalie in the sport. Right. He is by far not the best goalie in the sport. He's had a down year. He has not been good this year. I still love him. Uh, I still, as I said to you many times, still think he's the best goalie, but he has not had a great year. In fact, until he became a, a star, I would say this is probably his worst regular season. So it that makes me wonder um, how you could be so confident in a game seven. Now, look, if it's one nothing games through six, then I feel confident. If it's 5-3 every night, I'm not going to feel that confident. Especially because the Rangers' defense has been so subpar this year, and the Penguins can let it rip. And I'll tell you another X factor. The Penguins really picked up the pace, ironically enough, when they picked up Carl Hagelin from Anaheim, who was with the Rangers and last year. And lost Malkin. You yeah. know, when they lost Malkin, then and they they were like, I don't know, 10-2-1 without him or some, some crazy Incredible. number. Incredible. And that was the team, you know, as, as you know, fans joked around, they didn't want to see was the Pittsburgh Penguins. And here we are. Rangers Penguins. I think it's going to go seven. I'm sure you do too. There, I honestly, it's a, it's a. You know how it is. Once you get to a game seven, it's a coin toss. Right. It's a fifty-fifty. Remember, uh, this will be in Pittsburgh, not not Madison Square Garden, where Lundqvist has been epic in the past, except for Game Seven versus Tampa last year. It's there. I have no clue who would win that Game Seven. 
I am incredibly confident that it's going seven. Okay, that's fair enough. Now, here's another big series. The Capitals have turned on a switch this year and been by far the best team in hockey with Barry Trotz leading the way. They got a winner in Justin Williams. Uh, They had a TJ Oshie. The Capitals are a different team than the Capital teams that have washed away. And here they play a young flyer team that's like a year ahead of schedule, and they thought they would have basically no playoff life in them this year. And they got hot down the stretch. Claude Giroux is good. Wayne Simmons is good. Gustav Svera back there on the point. Do you see any way the Flyers can upset the Caps? Because no, I do. No, not not. I, I honestly, I don't think it goes past five. Like really, the Flyers a game. Let me just say this, and because I've said this to you, I've been basically saying this to you for four to five months that I did not think the Caps were a Cup winning team, despite the fact that they've had by far the best regular season. They've been the best team here in 2015, 2016. But until that happens, I kind of liken it to two teams in baseball: the Pirates and the Royals. Royals finally proved to me that they could win. So now I believe that the Royals can win. And I'm talking about a title. I'm not talking about games. I'm talking right. about a title. feel the same way about the Pittsburgh Pirates. They'll win games. I cannot pick them to win a title until I see it first. I need to see the Capitals win a title. And I know that they've had, by far and away, the best regular season. That being said, Flyers are not winning this series. I think the Flyers are going to give them a fight. They split the season series through those games going to overtime. I think that series is going to be a lot better than you're giving it credit for. I think the Flyers have a lot more firepower, and I think Steve Mason could. I mean, Hopi could totally own the series well, for the here's Caps. The, here's the difference, and you know this well because you play the Caps every every year in the in the, in the uh, playoffs. One of the liabilities for the Capitals in the last five years has been Braden Hopi. He has completely changed it around. One of the best goaltenders in hockey. He had the best year. He no absolutely doubt. had the best year. Now, he had the best team, but he 100% had the best year. I think the jury's still out on whether he'll be good in the playoffs, but he's been so good. I I think that that might be the difference, especially in an early round series. I think that I think that series is better than you give it credit for. Now, to the two series that, quite frankly, have less buzz in the Eastern Conference, the nothing Lightning. has le- le- less buzz than the Islanders Panthers. So we get right into that Islanders Panthers. The Islanders lost Halak, have lost to Hamannik. Hamannik uh, skated. Hamannik's going to be ready okay. to go. The big, the big injury was Anders Lee. Anders Lee, Lee fractured Their his leg. big body in front of the net. But here's the thing. The Islanders at least have been kind of knocking on the door the last couple of years. They have not gotten out of the first round in over 20 years. John Tavares is there. The beast. This is probably the ideal matchup for them to get out of the first round. Luongo, Yager, a lot relied on there. The Panthers, though, haven't really been here with these with this young group. So I don't know what to expect out of them. I think this is the chance for the Islanders to get out of the first round. I think Luongo has had the second best year of any goalie in the league after Holtby. Yeah, and he could steal a right. series. I've seen him up close and personal this year twice. I was stunned how good he is. Not enough scoring, though, out of the Panthers. No, because they don't have any top players. But they're, they're, they're much more middle-heavy, if you will. Right. You know, there's no terrible players. There's no great players. Um, but in hockey, you 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 can get by. I, I I'm not sure you can win a cup, but you can absolutely advance in the postseason. But if you were to cherry pick any series in the Eastern Conference for the Islanders to get over that hump, I think this is it. I would probably rather face Detroit or Tampa. Okay, Tampa with Stamkos, no way. Tampa without Stamkos, I'd probably rather face one of those two. But I think Florida's right there. This is despite the fact that. The way the regular season ended, specifically in the Eastern Conference, with team multiple teams laying down, which is an embarrassment. Right. Perhaps a topic for another day. Um, that's what the NHL created, so you get what you deserve. That was an embarrassment. That being said, 
It's what the Rangers desperately wanted, and you're crushed today because you didn't get that. Yeah, I'd rather, as a Rangers fan, I'd rather be placed in right, Florida. It's yep, what absolutely. the Islanders wanted, and it's what the Islanders got. That being said, I see this series going— A lot going, of that being said. I was. That's why I emphasized that last one. Oh, okay. I see this series going one of two ways. Seven, toss-up, or Panthers in five. Wow, Panthers and five. The Panthers haven't been They're there. They're not so going to win the series in five games. So solid. And by the way, Luongo is a playoff-tested goal. He spent a lot of Vancouver. years in Vancouver when they right. were really good. Did they win a cup? No. But that team as a whole. You've seen it with your Islanders. You know what I mean? There's something to be said for a group going there. Yeah. They're going to jump right in and win this series like that? I don't know, man. You know what? And this is one of the, the quirks about the way the bracket's built that really annoys me. Um, now, this is something that probably only irritates Islander fans, but I think it's worthy of mention. The Islanders finished with more points than both Tampa and Detroit. Let's just say the Islanders were to beat the Panthers in the first yeah, round. Yeah, they won't have home ice for the winner. They won't have home ice because it's a 1-4, 2-3 matchup, and no matter what, the 2-3... We'll get the home ice over them. Which is unfair. Yeah, well, that's what we were talking about with the whole bracket setup is stupid. The Lightning Red Wings, I think, has no juice. Red Wings getting in 25 straight Zero years juice. because the Bruins collapsed. This is a toss-up, though, and I'll tell you for multiple reasons. You want to talk Lightning about... Lightning injuries. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's why. Lightning injury, singular. Well, Stamkos, yeah. I know Hedman's supposed to come back, but Strollman hurt. That's a big injury for them. Yeah, but um, Strollman's been out for a while. Um, yeah, but still, when it comes to these playoffs, the Red Wings... Let me just say this, though. If you want to add Strollman in there... They have Brian Boyle. They have Ryan Callahan. Those guys, talk about playoff tested. Those guys have an entire regular season under their belt yeah. just in playoff games. I love Callahan, but he had a horrible year. How, um, that's one of the worst contracts in hockey. Yeah, they gave him, is. what, $50 million or There's something? There's no doubt. There's no Terrible. doubt. That's here. It's hard to get up for that series. I, I think the Red Wings are going to win the series, but you're right. It's a total toss-up. I have no no feel for that series. Uh, you know, I know we're almost up against the clock here. Just run through the West real quick. Stars wild. Tyler Sagan with the Achilles injury. That's a key for Dallas, but I just don't think Minnesota has that enough. Zach is, Parise's banged up right now. That's the most potent offensive team in the entire league. I cannot see Minnesota winning more than a game. I totally agree. I think the Stars roll there. Blues-Blackhawks is interesting. The Blues got to get, get on the Blackhawks in game one at home without Duncan Keith with I'm Chicago. more confident in Chicago in every single series than any other team in any other series. That team is winning the Cup. Wow. So that's it. Blackhawks are winning the Cup. I see. I think they're. Lo- I think they're a different team. Now you you could always bet on them. I like Dallas out of the West. Tell you the truth, but the Blues haven't gotten out of the first round of th- three straight years. Yeah, this no, is I tough zero. I don't. To be fair, and Tarasenko honest, could take over. I don't but, know the Blues that well. You don't see them a lot here in the East. They have the worst matchup of any first round team. No doubt. Talk about a tested team. But watch Vladimir Tarasenko. He I know could take that over he's a good player. I know that he's a good player. But have you seen Patrick Kane? Hockey here. And Jonathan Taves. Patrick Kane, first U.S.-born player to lead the league in points. It's called the Art Ross Trophy. How about that? How about that? The Ducks, Predators, I, Predators got no shot in the series. The Ducks have been the hottest team in hockey since December. Getting yeah. the one seed out west. You know what? Let me just say this. Of all the Western Conference buildings for an Eastern Conference team to play in, I always felt the least confident in Nashville. Yeah, there is something different about it. It's just, it's Good really crowd down there. It feels like it's a hard place to play. That being said, I don't see the Ducks losing the series. No. <laughs> the Ducks are going to tear. And another series that kind of feels like the Blues-Blackhawks series is the Kings-Sharks series because the Kings like are the Blackhawks of the Pacific. You know, you're always expecting them to be there. They actually missed the playoffs. That's after the team the I feel the year. second most confident You about. have to. There's no way there isn't Blackhawks-Kings on the board for the conference final. I mean, the Sharks are going to go out there. 
Uh, the Kings were 3-1-1. One and one. I had wrote the, written this down out there. Uh, and other than Pavelski and Thornton, what scares you about San Jose? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. And they have nothing. never proven to us that they can win. No. I know the Kings will be without Gabryk. They've been, out, been without him for quite some time. He's old. He, he is old. But he, you're right. Kings and Blackhawks, since it comes down to out west. But I still like Dallas to get there. All right. Your two teams in the east. Eastern Conference Final. You know what? Call me Homer. I think the Rangers are getting back there. I really do. Because every every year you look up, they're there. I think they're going to get through the Penguins. I, I would say this on a flip. When you get to this earlier, the Penguins and Capitals have to be sending themselves to the, the team they least want to see is the Rangers because the Rangers have owned them the last couple of years. I think the team those the, the team those two teams would like to face the least is those two is that other team. Well, that's fair. That's fair. I, I think you're going to end up with a. Well, I can't believe I'm going to say this. I think you're going to end up with a Rangers-Islanders Eastern Conference which, Final, which, perhaps, which is crazy. Yeah, I mean, that would blow up this town. Let me just say this, though. Um, and I've been saying, you know that this is the truth, because I've been saying it for weeks, if not months. Perhaps not months, because they haven't been hot that long, but certainly weeks, and that's the Penguins. They have been smoking hot. I do. Smoking hot. I just hot. don't like the way they're built for the playoffs. I don't. If Flurry's banged up right now, you don't know what his deal is with the concussion. He practiced today. He skated today. I, I don't like. I don't like the defense. But I, I, listen, I'm going Rangers. On, I know that's probably a lot of people going to say, "Oh, you're from New York. Why are you picking that?" The Islanders are strictly because I don't trust the Panthers, Lightning, or Red Wings out of that bracket. I really don't. I think this is a chance the Islanders to get there. I, the Rangers end up in a cup, and I think they're going to end up ultimately losing the Stanley Cup to the Dallas Stars. Interesting. I'll take Pittsburgh and Chicago. Chicago winning again. Okay, so there you have it. Me and Berm, side B, breaking down the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs right here on the Permission Granted Podcast. Have a good week, everybody. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.